You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. I am your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel, and today I have the lovely Andrea Olson. Andrea has a website called Go Diaphragm Free and also wrote a book with the same title. And today we are going to be talking all about the potty and diapers and, and all of these, you know, wonderful things that we get to do as parents of young children. And so, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Well, thank you for having me. So, Andrea, I always like to start with just asking my guests, how do they define the art of parenting? Ah, that's a wonderful question. I love the name of your podcast. I think it gets me. Thank you. Yeah. It reminds me of um, uh, Zen and the art of, is it motorcycle maintenance? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Motorcycle maintenance, I think. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like taking something parenting, which has become quite a scientific field and putting the art back into it. I think in our day to day, you know, having five young children under the age of nine myself, um, parenting is not and cannot be just a science. It is way more an ebb and a flow, a moving with a conversation with um, the child and the parents and the whole family as a unit. So it's definitely an art and something that I think improves over time in my experience. <laughs> um, more skilled we get, or the more skilled I get, I feel like it it becomes a more enjoyable thing. Mm, lovely. And and I'm sure with five children, you have had your hands full and, and you're refining your skill every day. Every day, every moment of every day. <laughs> better every time. I'm so not perfect, but I'm so trying to just be good enough for all of yes. that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So uh, before we get a little too involved in our conversation, I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to create uh, the business that you now run. Oh, yeah. So I, I started this business uh, back when my son was really young, um, just a few months old. And when I was pregnant, I would heard about elimination communication or infant potty training well before I ever had a child. And I thought, yes, I'm bookmarking that. I will definitely do that someday if I have a child. And uh, not too many years later, I did have one. And while I was pregnant, I read up on it as much as I could. But I found that it was really hard to get a, a, a grasp on how do I actually do this just by reading text and, you know, being in that pregnant state of, I really love pictures and simple things right now. And so when my son was five months old, I started writing my book 
And by the time he was one, I had released it. And um, everything I've built around that for the last 10 years now has been all in the vein of helping parents be aware of an alternative to potty training and full-time diapering and help everybody remember um, what we did, our ancestors did, even our great-grandparents did with our babies, um, which is potty them from as early as birth. And everything I've created, my other store is Tiny Endies, is because when my kids would get out of diapers, they had nothing to wear. They have nothing to sit on that was small enough. Um, so everything has really come organically first out of my own need to have a more visual introduction to this paradigm shift. And secondly, I found that there were a lot more moms and dads just like me who who really wanted this option and this information. So I've kind of found myself as an emissary of this. This also an art. EC or elimination communication is also very much an art. And um, I've really enjoyed as a community, a worldwide, just learning more about what EC can look like and um, what works and what doesn't and refining that continually to try to just get back to the simplicity of our roots as mammals. And Definitely. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and, and I would love for, for you, you know, for our listeners to really kind of explain what is elimination communication or EC as you call it, because um, you know, I, I know, but I, I'm, I, I can hear my listeners saying, what, what is she talking about? Uh, you know, <laughs> potty training since birth, what? So if you could just, you know, um, kind of a, a, an introduction or an explanation as to what is kind of the philosophy behind it and, and what it actually looks like day to day. Sure. So it's kind of like breastfeeding versus formula. <laughs> it's right. kind of like bed sharing versus having a crib, which a disclaimer, I do have a crib and I do breastfeed, <laughs> but um, it's kind of like uh, just the difference between um, what an industry, the diaper companies have, have wanted us to believe about how to raise our babies. But EC very simply, because people are like, what is that? That sounds absurd. It's what all people of all of human history before a couple hundred years ago when cloth diapers were embedded and before just 60 or 70 years ago when disposable diapers were embedded did with their babies. It's what all humans have done with their babies. Um, so I just want to ask you, do you go to the bathroom when you wake up? Do you have the need to pee? Yes. Okay. It, so it even wakes me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have instincts that keep us dry and unsoiled at night. Our mm -hmm. babies are born with these instincts and the diaper companies. And I know it sounds like conspiracy theory, but I, I validated it. It's definitely true. Have, have really tried to take that wisdom out of our culture by saying, oh, no, babies are incontinent and they don't have any awareness down there. When every person you've ever met who's done EC can tell you 100% that newborn babies have sphincter control that they can hold it long enough for you to get that diaper off. If you've ever been peed on when you're changing a newborn's diaper, mm -hmm. you know exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. So the mam the, the EC is basically based on instincts. That's why it works with every single baby 100% of the time. Um, we're born with an instinct to just be clean and dry. It's what has caused our species to be around for so long and to continue to thrive. Otherwise, we would have been taken out by disease a long time ago. Um, we're mammals. When we wake up, um, we have hormones that wear off. 
our bladder fills, we need to pee. Our babies are the same. So with EC, we just take our babies when they wake up from any type of sleep. And um, when we notice that they are starting to bear down for poop, often a baby will look to you, but you don't know what it is until after it's happened. Um, with EC, we kind of help them mm, develop a language around this, mm, develop a sign language or a sound. Our babies signal in so many ways and they definitely signal, hey, I'd really like to not poop in this diaper you have me in. Uh, could you please get me out? But all they can do is cry. By the time you figure out what it is, they've already gone. You're like, oh, they're crying because they need a diaper change. Right. They really just wanted you to get the hint earlier on and take them out of it to hold them over something so they could go number two hygienically. Because mm -hmm. again, it's about instincts, you know? So EC is based on instincts, but it's also a really pure give and take between the parents and the baby until the baby's old enough and developed enough to do it themselves. There is a gradual period, usually around 12 to 18 months, where we hand off the baton and kind of teach our babies the ropes. Um, not all babies signal. Not all babies are e-seed full-time. Most e-seed babies wear a diaper as a backup for when we parents are lazy or we miss something or we're not getting it or we're driving, you know? So it's something we've adapted to modern society, but it just, when you think about it, it just makes sense. Like, why would we have been created so perfectly and then we need to wear this thing on ourselves for two or three years and go to the bathroom with it touching our skin? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically what EC is. It's just what people have always done. It's what people currently who don't have access to diapers do with their babies and indigenous peoples in our country, which are, are sadly going away. Um, and it's just a communication and it's a partnership. Um, we help our babies feed, sleep, eat, and go to the bathroom hygienically until they're able to do it themselves, which is the whole point of raising a baby, in my opinion. It is, it is. And, and uh, so many questions came up when you were, when you were talking. So, so for one, you know, I'm, I'm sensing that those who are listening are saying, yeah, but that sounds like it's so time-consuming. Like I have to keep you know, I have to watch my baby for that sign and, and they poop and pee all day long. Like, you know, is that, what is the reality of really kind of, you know, owning this, this way of parenting? Well, I, I would say that breastfeeding takes time. I would it does. Say, mm -hmm. yeah, it takes a lot more time than some of us are patient to, to give sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you're like, hurry up, I'm late and you're going to take 20 minutes. So Things early on with a baby's life all take time. Teaching a baby yeah. how to sleep takes time. Um, getting a baby dressed and undressed takes time. Bathing a baby carefully takes time. Soothing a baby when they're having when they're ill. My my daughter has a, a, a fever right now. This takes time throughout the night as well. So yes, EC does take time. However, I have to say that I have entered the bathroom in a public place before with my uh, my fourth son or my fourth child. Uh, my son, he was six months old. I went in, popped his portable seat on the toilet. He went poop. I uh, barely had to wipe his bottom, threw it in, put the same disposable diaper back on him, on my lap, squatting in the bathroom. And this other woman the entire time had a screaming 12-month-old trying to clean up a poop blowout. And I was in and out of there in 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was there when I got there, and she was there when I left. So yeah. It is actually, for me, 
I don't like to clean up poopy diapers. I don't know anybody who does, but it's really, it takes so much time. And then you have diaper rash and then you have um, also behavioral issues. Um, other things that being made to go to the bathroom on yourself causes in children that take a lot more time. Toilet training for years on end sometimes takes a lot more time and is more stressful. EC I found takes less time than cleaning up regular diapers. Now, if you let your child stay in a diaper for 12 hours, like the package says you can, no judgment. That's what we've been told to do. Um, then sure. Maybe that's a lot less time. That child is going to probably have diaper rash, which takes a lot of time to resolve and probably is going to have a really hard time potty training, which will take you probably a year or two. So there's really a trade-off here. It's an upfront investment. And I have to tell everybody listening, most people do EC part-time. I prefer to just get the poops and I just get the wake-ups. Anything else is bonus. When it comes time to wrapping it up, I don't have to potty train. I just say, here, this is how to do each part of the process. And that, being able to teach my child is an honor. So I don't feel like it's a it's excessive time or something that's not worthwhile. Um, I feel like it overall has saved me a lot of time. Yeah, and, and it sounds like because you've been doing it from the beginning, there's not really, you know, quote unquote, this training, at which, which I don't like the word, you know, toilet training for me. It's, it's just toilet learning and toilet independence. But they've already been involved with it from the beginning. So they know exactly what to do. And it seems like it was just natural. Yeah. It's just natural. And I've never had to potty train any of my five children. They've mm-hmm. all been out of diapers by around the time they started walking and all of them barely pooped in them ever. And I am bragging. I think it's been yes. <laughs> As you I should. Brag. I brag because I know it's possible. I've seen so many people in such odd situations be able to pull this off. Extreme traveling, um, no resources at all, even to buy diapers. I, I've seen it all. Yeah. And every kid, if you just pay attention and you get yourself resourced, it works. <laughs> right, right. Now, there's there's another question around, you said disposable diaper. I would have thought that a cloth diaper would be would be more appropriate with this whole communication. Because I know in in when I work with parents, I always encourage them to use cloth so that there is kind of this mind-body connection for the child because, you know, the 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 disposable diaper has done an amazing job to make sure that they do not feel wet. Therefore, they're not getting the feedback of, oh, you know, I need to take this off. So you don't use uh, cloth, you use disposables? I have tried both, definitely, Uh with all my Uh kids. There are times and places when I choose to do cloth and times and places where I choose to do disposables. I will tell you, I do use a biodegradable disposable that biodegrades in 75 days. Um, The company is called Diaper with a Y. They're fantastic. These came out last year. Um, So I've only used them with my youngest. Um, But they maintain, they help the child feel very wet. (laughs) They're not very good. good. Okay. Yeah. And then um, there's also seventh generation diapers, which do not biodegrade, unfortunately, um, contrary to what their brand seems to represent. But I find that they do feel very wet and uncomfortable to my children. So they actually very rarely would pee in them. So okay. they would pee in a cloth diaper because they would feel really comfortable. But in a seventh generation, they would resist peeing in it and they would signal to me that they want to go to the bathroom in the toilet because it felt yucky to them. So I've never used Pampers or Huggies because those are very wicking. Um, and the other part of that 
is really I just accessibility. You guys, mm -hmm. anybody can do it with any kind of a diaper, but this is the difference. If you're doing EC, the diaper of any kind becomes a backup, not a full-time toilet. Right. So that's the paradigm shift we really need to make. First and foremost, this is no longer just the toilet. This is a backup for while I, the parent, am learning and my child is learning. The other part of it is if a parent thinks that they have to cloth diaper in order to do EC, 95% of them will not ever do it because mm -hmm. cloth diapering can feel so overwhelming. I do it in a way that's really easy. I don't use snappies. I don't attach it at all. I just kind of lay it in the cloth cover. I like to use cloth diapers at home. I like to use them when I'm not on outings. I like to use them when I'm just teaching independence before stopping to use diapers at eight, nine, 10, 11 months. That's a really good time to kind of go, okay, we've gotten through this incredible developmental leap period of learning to crawl and walk. And there have been a lot of misses and I used disposables during that time. And now it's time to get that sensitivity back up and to transition. Okay. Um, I will even skip the cloth diaper and go straight to a cotton training pant because I feel like it's less bulky and more, um, there's more learning there. So I go both ways. Maybe some would criticize, but I feel like if it's not accessible, then people are going to feel like they can't do it. You can do EC with any kind of diaper. But if you're using disposables, I highly recommend the biodegradable one because, you know, none of the other diapers have ever biodegraded in all of human history are just like the last 60, 70 years. And that's terrible. Really yeah, and I like and I like the fact that you say you also use just cotton underwear mm -hmm. because I know, you know, as soon as they start crawling and having, you know, wanting to move more, it's just let's get that bulk out from between their legs and make it uh you know, easier for them to, to move around as well. Definitely. One of the biggest benefits of EC is increased mobility. We don't have scientific studies on it, but there was that one on diaper, um, with or without the diaper, how it changes the gait of a sure. toddler walking. It instantaneously makes it better to not have a diaper or a cloth diaper between their legs. And, um, I actually developed a training pant that will hold almost a whole pee because all of them on the market would just not even work at all. So what was the point? Um, so I prefer now once they start walking, I just put them straight into my, the training pants that I have and, um, they are in them while they're awake and they never go back to daytime diapers. So my 14 month old is out of daytime diapers, awake time diapers, um, right, right now. So we went straight from those into, um, training pants and it's been wonderful. And it's funny because as you were saying, I'm, I'm remembering my son was, he just didn't want to wear clothes. And, and it, it's like, you, you understand why it's like, why have this, you know, and I didn't know about EC at the, at the time he's, he's 19 years old, but uh, you know, it's, it's, and I remember just, you know, they don't, they, they prefer to just not have anything on them, which, which is, you know, preferable for, for movement and, and, and all of that. So, so yeah, definitely. It's important. Yeah. And I feel like, um, with with our kids so so I will say that there is a resistant period that a lot of people go through with EC okay. and it's really when they start to crawl and they start to walk and I will have to say that it, it is 100% because they don't need us involved anymore over the evolution of humans for a very short amount of time have they really worn clothing at that young of an age right right indoor space indoor toilets I mean every outhouses were recent a hundred years ago you know so Typically, as, as soon as they're mobile, they'd be crawling out of that hut and going and taking themselves. So we do hit hiccups doing EC, 
But what we found is it's just an opportunity to learn. It's good information and it's a good time to instill some independence and teach some skills. So you're saying you're you're hitting a, a bump in the road because they they want to be more independent and the parents are kind of getting in the way. The clothing is getting in the way. The clothing, I see. Yeah. Getting, oh, yeah. Right, all, right. all the modern conveniences get in the way, like your son wanted right. all the time because he doesn't need you. He's just on an exploration expedition all the time. Exactly. And he would just stop and pee somewhere if you were outdoors and then move on. Right. Right. And it, and it's funny when you say that, because I was uh, I was raised in Europe, which is very different in how we talked about the toilet of how, you know, children are, I feel, you know, toilet independent a lot earlier than they are here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you are out and about, it is okay to, you know, hold a child between two cars behind a bush or something for them to pee because they need to right away. Like there's not as maybe it's because there's also not as many public bathrooms available or whatever, but it just becomes kind of, you know, like you say, Oh, they would just pee outside. Well, it kind of has stayed that way. So I don't know today, but I know, you know, when I was a child or when my children were young is like, that was perfectly normal here. You would never, ever see that. But you do see, you know, five, six-year-olds in diapers, which I find it kind of almost criminal for them. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. I mean, I'd rather a child peed outside of at the side of a car, have them spray outside of the car onto the grass, than see a five or six-year-old in diapers. I go to, yeah, I go to gymnastics here with my kids, and it's from ages one to five, and ninety-nine percent of the kids are in diapers, and I, I'm like. They're talking full spe- for full sentences. I start to feel really judgmental, but then I remind myself, Andrea, they don't know what you know. If they knew what you know, then maybe they wouldn't still be in diapers. Maybe if we all were more equipped as parents, maybe if we were given the right information from the beginning, like, hey, start potty learning at one year old if you're not doing EC. Start teaching them when they start walking. Start teaching them where to go. They're interested at that time anyway. If we were given the right information, then all those kids wouldn't be in diapers. So I, I immediately retract my my judgments and go, okay, this is just our culture, which I am not happy with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's why you do the work that you do. Um, but you know, and it's interesting because when you talk also about elimination communication, for me, it's also you know for those who have not done it from the beginning, don't know what it is or whatever, but they, you know, they come to me and say, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm having such a hard time. My child won't let me, you know, change their diapers anymore because, you know, they don't want to be laid down on a changing table. And to me, I just say, well, they're just letting you know that they want to be shown something different. They want to become more independent. Why don't you try standing up in the bathroom, uh, Mm -hmm. offering a potty, all of that, like, that in itself is already a communication. It is. Once right? they're upright, yeah. it is almost degrading to them to be laid down. It's infantilizing to a child. Right. right. Working their way towards independence, and rightfully so. And this is their developmental task. You know, in Montessori um, School of Thought, it's the sensitive period for toilet learning. It's 12 mm-hmm. to 18 months. And in an authentic Montessori school, you will see they put all the children in cotton training pants starting at 12 months, whether they've had any exposure to the potty or not. And by the time they're 18 months, they're all trained. It's very rare these days where people are adopting more mainstream practices, unfortunately. But 
It's true. Um, Montessori's uh, school of thought also says do not change a child laying down. They say don't do anything for a child that they could do for themselves. You have to enable them, set up the environment, and assist them in their developmental tasks. It's just really when we have the tools and like the Maya Angelou quote, something to the effect of when you know better, do better. Right. Um, if you are noticing this and then you get validation from one person who says, yes, change him standing up and let him use the toilet, everything changes and then you can't go back. It's like this wake up call, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. And, and you know, in the Montessori classrooms for the for the toddler community, uh, we, you know, we, we talk to the parents about where, you know, we need to, we're going to put them in, in cotton underwear. And there's resistance from some of the parents because they're afraid of, you know, what that's going to mean for them at home and it's going to be messy and this and that. But um, we, we follow the child and they are much happier that way. So are, it normalizes their behavior. I'm going to do a podcast on that soon from one of my Montessori educator um, coaches. She's also a coach. Okay. And I think it's, it's, I've seen it with my own kids, all five of them. I take them out to a very nice restaurant we all sit down. They are the best behaved kids. We get tons of compliments when we leave. And it's like, it, it's not like we're just, you know, whipping the the whip and saying, you know, you have to behave. It's that we've given them their, um, their dignity and independence from the beginning. And mm-hmm. it's not that I'm a better parent than anybody else, but it's something that I learned about. It resonated with me and I took action on it. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And the children, obviously it worked because it's in line with their instincts. So once I got on board with them and listened to them as well, I was able to really guide the ship on what type of person do I want to put out into this world when I'm done parenting. I'm not done, but you know, during this time of parenting, you know, what's the goal and how do I want them to turn out? I want them to be capable, independent and um, willing um, and open and communicative you know everybody wants these things I feel like it gives them those capabilities um, pretty pretty in a pretty straightforward manner do you ever feel like you're doing this parenting thing alone tired of searching the web for answers to all your parenting questions well I've got you covered you and I know it does take a village to raise a child and I'd like to invite you to yours Be the calm, confident, and peaceful parent you want to be with the support of my parenting membership community. Get all the support you deserve and create the family and home you've been dreaming of. In my parenting community, I share all the tools and strategies I've acquired over my many years of mentoring and helping families find their peace of mind and enjoy a stress-free family life. I've created this community for you, to be the parent you want to be. Let go of the stress and overwhelm today and enjoy your parenting journey with your beautiful children. You both deserve it. In this community, you will find video tutorials that answer your parenting concerns and teach you how to support your child's healthy development. Monthly group coaching calls with me and all the other supportive members where I personally answer all your burning parenting questions. My parenting toolkit, which is full of resources that I've created over my many years of mentoring and speaking to parents and professionals worldwide. And what I love most about my parenting membership community is the amazing supportive village you can lean on. 
You and I know parenting was never meant to be done alone. So come meet your tribe in the supportive and encouraging village of like-minded parents. It's open 24 hours, 7, just for you. Visit voilamontessori.com slash membership for more information and come join me today to become the parent you know you are meant to be. And so you, you mentioned Montessori several times. Are, are your children in Montessori environments or you, you apply this philosophy at home? I apply the philosophy at home as much as I can. Um, just like with my diaper usage, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> <I'm> like, is. <laughs> Nobody is. I like to outwardly on my Instagram and everywhere, like, I am definitely not perfect, you guys. I get peed on sometimes. Um, I used the book Montessori from the start, and I used several of the um, Montessori, uh, the organization here. I can't remember the name right now. I want to say it has something to do with the guild. Um, there's, a, there's AMI Montessori. Association Montessori International or? Yes. yes. Okay. And, and I have a curriculum I also got for my preschoolers. So we have um, the metal cutouts. We have a lot of the materials here at home. Um, having children help us in the kitchen with life skills, things like that. We definitely employ as much Montessori at home as we can, even starting with the mobiles um, at a very young age to teach them independence from a young age. We, we start mm-hmm. right at birth with just a few of the Montessori um, materials. So you, you, you homeschool all five children or they, they are in? I do not. I, okay. I, I, I say, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I know somebody who has eight who does, and I don't know. Oh have my goodness. <laughs> I'm no. not as eight. I can't, she is, but I'm not. Um, but, but before they start school, you know, we do a lot of stuff with them at home because I work, right. I spend a lot of time with them. Uh-huh. So um, I think that the Montessori uh, framework is the most resonant with what I've seen. And so we do set up the structure and the environments at home so they can help themselves, which helps us manage having five children. Definitely. Definitely. Wonderful. Well, this has been very informative and and I was excited to have you on because I think it's, you know, it's an important conversation to, to understand that, that, you know, you, you said something very powerful about the dignity of children. And I think helping them be toilet independent is something that is that they want and it is part of human dignity so uh, very important yeah and very important. And just as a last comment on that note if you've listened to this and you don't want to try ec or you still or you're freaked out by it but are you just you you work full-time or whatever i would just encourage you to take the diaper off and um I have a, I have a little easy start guide that we'll probably mention at the end, but it shows these things called the four easy catches, which you can also learn about on my podcast or my YouTube. Sorry, my baby's yelling out there. Um, no, that's fine. We're, this is a parenting show. We're, we're going to do it. It's good. She's making an appearance. Exactly. <laughs> um, with the four easy catches is a way to just try it out. And, and I would have to say that if you even just did super part-time, you only caught the number twos, the poops. That alone would allow you to have probably a one-day toilet training experience, um, even if you use daycare eight hours a day. It really, Mm -hmm. any little bit is huge for the learning process. Any tiny bit, just when they wake up, you put them on the potty and that's all you do. I have heard of so many people who have just had a one-day toilet. Here, we're just going to take out the diapers officially this day and it was so easy. So I just want to encourage you to do whatever you have the capacity to do and just to try one of those easy, easy, um, catches. The other thing is if you don't want to try that at all, you have full permission to potty train at 18 months, 20 months, 
When you wait till after two, all the studies show that's where things sort of fall apart and become really hard. So even if they're in daycare, go for it. If your child's like 18 to 24 months, I would go for it because the earlier you start, the earlier you're done and the happier your child and you will both be. So I just want to extend that permission in case somebody listening is like, I don't want to do EC. It's totally fine to do toilet training at an early age instead. Yes. And thank you for that because it's true that it can be maybe a little overwhelming for, for some parents listening, but it's true about, you know, um, helping them be independent sooner than later, because then it does become, you know, kind of a power struggle that there's, it's just, it's not something that you can force them to do. It's just an environment that you set up for them and and encourage them to use it properly. Yeah. And early exposure as with anything is just going to help. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you brought up a good point about daycare, like how, how responsive are, you know, daycare providers with families who are wanting to do EC? Because I would think, you know, other than, than the, the Montessori communities that you mentioned that we're trained to, to work this way, so it, it makes total sense. But the more traditional daycares, I would think, would be kind of opposed to it. But how, how have you found uh, providers to work with the whole concept of EC? Yeah, that's a great question. I have, I do have a blog post on my on my site that that covers daycares. If you just search for that when you come to my blog, but um, that has some handouts, really good tips about that. But if I could just summarize it, it would basically be: once your child is poop trained at home, you have the right as paying this daycare to send your child in a cloth backup of some sort if your child is poop trained. And if you've done the training at home, maybe you've taken off a weekend or a couple more days to do it and you're good to go at home, you bring your child to the daycare with several pairs of extra training pants and covers and a wet dry bag. It's almost like sending a child in a cloth diaper to a daycare. If your daycare definitely takes cloth diapers, then good. You're in the clear. You're great. If they don't, and they're very strict about it, there are so many families who have done EC morning and evening and weekends. The daycare never picks up on it, won't do it. Child usually will wait to poop till they're home. And again, when they finally convince the daycare by showing them a video of how they are completely toilet independent at home, or not even completely, just mostly toilet independent at home, then usually the daycare will come around. Daycares used to train our children for us. So I would be um, definitely assertive and kind with your daycare uh, caregiver and say, hey, this is the work we've done at home. Could you please support uh, this at school? And this is my plan. And again, I have a couple of handouts that really go in depth with these because it's a lot of possibilities. Um, but I would encourage anybody listening to check that out. But I do, I do have an example of somebody who started EC at 13 months. Child was in daycare nine hours a day, five days a week. At 20 months, she took her out of diapers at home. At 24 months, the daycare finally agreed to let her go without diapers there. She hadn't been using them anyway, but they just wouldn't let her. At 24 months, she finally got a new teacher in there who allowed it. So then I've seen lots like my daycare, my preschool, they'll, let, they'll work with me at 13 months. It's just a conversation. Don't be afraid. And definitely do what you can at home. Babies are smart. They'll get it. Right. And they'll know where, where it's a safe place to poop and pee. So that's yeah. Yeah. early exposure. That's all it exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, like I said, this has been wonderful. And, and I do like to, to kind of wrap them up with a personal question. And that is, um, you said that you had five children under nine. So I'm assuming your eldest is nine. Yes, my eldest is nine and my youngest is 14 months. 
So uh, if you were to go back maybe 10 years ago when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because some guests go, oh, I don't know, I'm not wise. <laughs> and then some say, oh, there's so much I would say. <laughs> yeah, have- <laughs> even though I haven't really slept through the night in nine years, I would say, hey, <clears throat> I'm to teach your children how to sleep. And um, to get your mental health all stabilized by making sure you get enough sleep and so do they. So I'm not into cry it out. I'm not into sleep training, like the harsh stuff. But I would have loved to have taught my first child how to sleep. And then my second and my third and my fourth and my fifth. I'm terrible in that department. And um, I would have loved to have had some full nights of sleep in the last nine years. I just got a few this week because we're working on things. And it's been amazing. So that's all, that's the only thing I would tell my my uh, younger self. <laughs> so to get to get support around that, so that you yeah. can get some rest. Yeah, help help the baby sleep somehow in a healthy, balanced way. There are ways. There are amazing people who teach that, and that don't negatively impact the children. Please find definitely. out about that old self. <laughs> yes, no, definitely the the gentle sleep training and and nothing before six months, anyways. But absolutely um, not. No, and I would also say yes. Feel free to co sleep until you start waking each other up because I learned that with my second through fifth and I, I do have them in another be- a bedroom uh, in, a, in their own bed and I've tried floor beds I've done a lot of different things but with my first one I wore myself out just trying to be the perfect attachment parenting parent and um and we woke each other up all night for two years so yeah yeah <laughs> but it was good. lovely we're very bonded <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, beautiful. This this has been delightful. And, and is there any uh, closing remarks that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, on top of what I just said, which is just try it out, see what happens. Usually it's once you um, try EC, you literally can never go back to the normal way of things, but you, you can still use diapers. Um, besides all of that, I would just encourage you to get resourced. This is something that's been long lost in the wisdom of moms and dads. Um, dads are usually really good at it too. So if your dad listening, please, um, try it out and then show your wife, um, but get resourced. So I, I do have a free podcast and YouTube channel, lots of wonderful resources on my website, godiperfree.com. And then that easy start guide, which is also free, which is at godiperfree.com forward slash start. That would be a really good way to sort of dip your foot in and see if you love it. If you don't love it or you don't want to try it, or you're just under resourced right now, then just keep it as a bookmark in the back of your head when you hit 18 months that you can have freedom from diapers at that time. And it will be really, really easy compared to doing it at three, like everybody you know will. <laughs> so yes. just want yes. you to feel encouraged. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, thank you for the encouragement, Andrea. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.